MIT, and we are ready to begin. This episode is called, well, I don't know what it's called. I never know what it's going to be called until it's um, done, you know, because who knows what it's going to be about or say, but I'll tell you what I'm doing right now, because there's usually three parts of uh, the podcast, what's going on with me personally, professionally, something like that. What am I uh, studying, getting into? And third, what kind of observation can I make about the world in general? The state of things, as it were. And so the thing I'm doing right now is I'm folding laundry. Really lucky to have all this laundry. (laughs) Some people ain't got this much laundry. So I'm trying to tell myself, you know, folding it, can be actually kind of soothing if you treat it like that's the reason a, a long car ride is man it's needed sometimes because that's when like you're between two destinations and you can just be in that between mode for a bit you probably know what i'm talking about long car ride just kind of between or a long plane flight there's like that one little time that you're just like ah oh, we're still far away i can just chill And then as the uh, airplane starts to descend, you can just feel the collective, like, anxiety coming back, like, while remembering, oh, now now we got shit to coordinate. Soon as wheels go down, you better get back on, on the horse. So, that is what I'm doing right now. And still have the same job that same awesome job lucky to have trying to get more out of it make myself telework like a proper teleworker and not um, just go carrying on around town during work hours or taking a nap and finding usually like your fingers been on a for like three or four minutes and uh, it just, <clears throat> and you really were not intending to write. Ah, it was a total accident. Um, yeah, how is that teleworking going? I always, I always wonder about that. I, I imagine that everybody feels pretty much like I do. Like, you miss being around people, but at the same time you don't want to give up this ability to like be at home and just start working making breakfast while you work not having to pack lunch all that all the good stuff that comes with it so i guess that's what's going on with the world at large where some of us are still teleworking and god save us from this freaking um, Delta variant that is in the news and in my family a ton. This thing, it's getting kids now. Stay away from those kids. Delta, hybrid, whatever you are. I got this music on. Kind of making me like jam out a little bit and not know what to say. Hang on a sec. All right, it is off. Now the episode can continue. What was I on about? Oh, what's going on with me personally? Working that job, trying to 
yeah, I'm just navigating how much of a cluster it can get to personally when you're 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 dating and you have a relationship and when you're dating you know a long period of time that relationship kind of lasts a long time and and you never you know you start to rely on each other for something again or or be there for each other who wants to like not be there for someone and so that leads to all of a sudden you're connected again and then you're you're still connected relationship stuff not sure i'm going to publish this it's, it's i'm trying to vocalize more about what what type of shit that is and it seems so clear sometimes when you start trying to explain it and you're like i forgot how to speak i need a co-host i need somebody to like make me keep on talking ask the questions ask the prodding questions so i can delve into the dark depths of the of what's going on that contribute to these feelings yeah feelings so i talk a lot with um have great conversations with my sister one of my sisters well great conversations with all of my sisters but one i just had was just like the talking about not wanting to let feelings control anything you do and that seems like a very important step to do and it's not like that's always been an issue with me but it's suddenly it jumps out all of a sudden you go from like thinking everything is great groovy um not worried about the outcome of anything so much as just um, enjoying what you do and then all of a sudden you're you're thinking about these outcomes. Oh my gosh, what if I make this choice, that choice, that how will that make me feel? Oh, or other people. What if um, this person doesn't like me? That will make me feel in such a way that like what what why why do we feel that way? So that can happen, and then you got to learn that yeah, outcomes are not important. That's not what your head should not be in the in a place where the outcome of something has to be a certain way. Now there is a, a limit to that. It's not like if something completely unexpected and blindside happens that you shouldn't have to naturally process that with a little bit of surprise and and possibly possibly sink into a depression or something if you lost somebody for a little bit however long it takes but just feeling just having a oh that hurt my feelings it seems to be a pretty significant thing of doing the work that it takes to to sort those whatever is giving you feelings to sort that out and that's what conversation my sister and I were having and that led to the the idea of like what about like so what about that anxiety drug so there's a feeling that you've you've got that there's something you're unhappy with something that is stressing you out and you can either you can you have that feeling you can take a medication which makes you think it's okay and then you don't have to like process why that makes you feel that way 
So we were really kind of analyzing that because I've been on, I've definitely taken things like Xanax. I've never had a prescription for any of those, but I've taken them so I know what they do. And, and sometimes it's nice, except I think I've discovered a pattern that if I take a Xanax, I go to sleep super quick. Um, and I wake up two hours later and I eat like a bag of chips, another bag of chips, a tub of cottage cheese, um, grab a beer, another beer. It's like, it completely takes away my, um, <laughs> takes away something. So I'll wake up in the morning and be like, what in the, I'll see these bags of chips. And I'm like, what in the name of God happened here? Sometimes like even next to my, where I sleep, and just like arm loads of chips and ice cream bowls and beer bottles or wine glasses arm fooling those into the kitchen uh in the morning is not it doesn't make you feel like i am crushing it it doesn't make you feel that great so something about xanax i haven't figured out i should probably not get a prescription for that stuff um, so the other option for that is, or the problem with that, is it a problem? That's what we were discussing. And it was, what if you, if you do have these, if you have something about your personality, your outlook that can be hurt or can be disappointed uh, frequently enough that you need like a regular prescription like that you will never like the processing of those of those events or the, whatever disappointment that was you'll never process that in order to feel better about it because you'll never feel bad about it this thing's still recording um so that's what that's what we we're thinking about and I, i'm considering that same thing because i know people that definitely go the medication route and i wonder about that because it, it might be a significant thing between like you know how how people process stuff even if it's just like your homie your friend um if some of the kinds of things you talk about are like life issues, you can, I imagine you can expect them to stay in that pattern, you know, and until like a change is made and you could probably come across those amazing changes whilst still, I have one good friend that does that, you know, still keeps up with the journaling and stuff and you might have to take care of it in the morning because if you take Xanax at night, and that's how I know it as like kind of a nighttime pill. Um, I tried something that was longer term during kind of the middle of the COVID shutdown. I tried one of those things. Let's see. I got a shrink for the very first time. And I got a, a psychiatrist for the very first time. Looked into those things introduced to that realm and I thought hey I've tried uh, tried everything 
or, or am trying everything. I've tried to stick with yoga for a while. I got a lot out of that. Still do it. I wouldn't say I have a practice because that would really make it sound like I do more than I do. But I, I do need to go back and rely on that yoga sometimes. Today I did Tai Chi. Some of these things that, that I studied uh, a lot. I don't think I, I really explained the phase that I was going through with the the stoicism. I might have had one episode that touched on stoicism, but another thing I've tried. So sure, bring on the uh, Zoloft or whatever it was. I, I, I don't know the names of them right, but it's one of those things that SS uh, something inhibitor, something like that. Um, it's supposed to take 30 days for you to be taking this thing before it really starts to change the way. So it's not like a, it's not a sensation drug that you can like feel the way you can with a Xanax or with a muscle relaxer or a, what did we call those things back in the day? Laura tabs. You all know, you've all got pills. It's not a sensory thing. So you know what I'm talking about. It's like an overall antidepressant that's supposed to generally stabilize your mood in a non-detectable way. So I tried those. Those came with uh, a side effect that I could not handle. The side effect was not worth the, um, like you would prefer to have the depression than this side effect, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So that was short-lived. I tried it though. So it should be documented. And herein, it is so documented. So I got the laundry, we got the how do you process things, the best conundrum, we got the antidepressants, got the anti-anxiety. Um, church, that's, what, that's another thing I'm trying, going to church, like I talked about last time. And I'm going to start a new segment, we could do the first one here. This is called Funny Jesus. So I like doing this whenever the the pastor, preacher, reverend, priest, rabbi, whoever, um, is talking about some scripture. Uh, you know, usually some thing that Jesus did. I look at it and I'm like, you know what? I think that this could, I think he was probably a pretty damn funny guy. And if every one of those stories you could go through and just say no what if like this was actually something he was doing like he, yes he made he something he made happen that is written down here but he did something in a funny way he was fucking with those guys a lot of the times and in this story this was the one last week <clears throat> so jesus and his mom are hanging out you've heard this story it's about like turning the one of the miracles turning water into wine well i always thought that like there's there's other ways that could be pretty special but then uh like rereading that as the, the pastor was talking about it pull it up on my phone all right see what this story says and jesus and his mom are hanging out so they've been there for at this like new little town for a while they were like touring you know like the dead and and they would just kind of hang out at places and it'd tell you how long they were there 
Well, Jesus, of course, he he gets to know people. I mean, everybody knows he's in town. He he gets he's got a following. Him and his mom are connected to, you know, the the folks in the in the village while they're there. And some people roll up and they uh, and they tell Jesus's mom, Mary, they're like, "Hey, th- this big party that's going on over there, uh, they're out of wine." And she and she tells Jesus hey, they don't have any wine. And what Jesus says is, woman, it is not yet my hour. Or not yet my time. My time has not yet come. And I thought he was, it It seemed like he didn't want to deal with this shit at all. She was bugging him. He's always getting asked to sort these things out when he's in town. Hey, who should we ask? What about that, that guy, Jesus? What should we do? What are we going to do? They were scared. Dude, we don't have any wine. This is like, this is my older brother's wedding. Our whole family is going to look like idiots or something like that. We don't have any wine. Somebody stole it. I don't know what. Anyway, Jesus' response is, woman, my time has not yet come. And I took that to mean... I don't want any wine anyway. <laughs> like he looks looks up at it, not at his watch, looks at the sun and he's like, I don't I don't want to get any wine anyway. And so she says, Hey, dude, listen to what Jesus says. And he goes, he puts his hand on his head and he's like, Oh, Jesus. Oh me. Um okay, this is what you do. And he tells him. Very specifically, he said, pour water into all those in the cups of people who are drinking wine into those, those vases and make sure the, uh, the master of that side of the family drinks it first, like the other side, the master of the, the party. And it's specifically that guy. So he had to drink it first because... Jesus knew that if that that guy didn't want to be embarrassed by not having any wine. And so the guy drinks it and it tastes like crap, wine mixed with water. It's just water. But when this dude like Tony freaking Soprano probably says, because it had to be that guy. He didn't just say, let everybody start drinking and it's going to turn into wine. He said, make sure that guy drinks first. And then later in the story, it says... Uh, Jesus knows the the minds of men like he knows people that's why he never it's something like he never uh, reveals himself like he never he doesn't get boastful or something like that because he knows he just knows what's in the minds of men and it says that like right shortly after this and that really ties it together so that guy probably (laughs) could have told everybody like a big mob boss a he says most of the wedding parties here you know they're going to serve the good wine or the good wine first and then the bad wine later at night you guys save the best stuff for right now huh everybody drink and then he looks around the room at who who's going to like say hey this is uh this is water nobody's going to say that to this guy and jesus <laughs> freaking could have known that. I mean, that's another interpretation of that story, and that's what this segment is all about. Look, look at 
amazing ways that kind of show some awesomeness, some, some deeper level that you need to think about that are not just like, oh, he's magic. Oh, yeah, it's cool. He's magic. He literally turned that water into wine. And, and another one that I thought would, this would, this, so this second variety, because I thought of two varieties of this in church. The second variety of that would have been, it was actually Jesus <laughs> in there leading the whole party being like, we can, I bet I can make this or that guy there can make this wine be so awesome and like makes that guy like but before you do this this wine is like so good before you do this you have to get up and you have to like put that thing on your head like a crown put that cup on your head like a crown and run over there as fast as you can but you got to show your ass you got to pull up that crazy robe thing you're wearing and show your ass while you're running Everybody make like, tell him to do it, do it. We all want to, nobody's drinking until he does it. Do it, do it, do it. He does it, all of a sudden everybody's dying laughing, gives him some water and like, who's next? And he just goes down the rest of the room being like, all right, what does this guy have to do? All right, for that reason, he would have to be a very engaging and entertaining guy, which it seems like he was pretty damn engaging. People hung on every word. And that's another way that without a magic he could have turned water into wine in a way that is very very significant because that would have a special meaning internally as well and it would be funny if somebody could pull that off i could see it happening i've seen people be just controlling shit i've, I've had friends like that my buddy search back in college Wherever you are, Search, man, I miss you so much. You were just like the tall leader, tall, curly-haired, freaking leader of our little squad. And uh, I was lucky to join that squad and be pretty tight in there for maybe a year and a half, two years. It was cool. It's not, it's not always easy. You can like, you know, become part of a, you know, a little clique that's been together since like freshman year and... <laughs> And this particular clique was kind of stretching four years of college into seven, if you know what I mean. Some of them, some of the best ones, just did a slower pace. So they'd been friends a, quite a long time, and I was lucky enough to get into that. But yeah, you probably have friends that could, that could just, <laughs> anything, I mean, he would literally say, anything I say is funny. Try to be funnier than me, anyone. You try, you try, and he just busts us up. That's what type of, um, I don't know, kind of interaction made me think of that story. And that's the first segment of Funny Jesus. Could have been real funny. So that's the thing I'm trying, I guess. What's going on with me is the relationship stuff. And that is not going to be long. I'm, I'm not having that. I am approaching that in a loving way and uh my family's helped me out with that and some cool just just keeping myself at the gym be like all right i don't have all the answers for this right now but i'm gonna keep on working slowing down a little bit and that's what i'm not down with i'm not down for that slowing down on the work so you can sort out something where there are like feelings involved i don't want to sound cold and 
like I don't like feelings. Everybody has feelings and I value those. But when you find something occurring that slows down, like kind of the progress you want to make, then that's when it has to be processed. And, and that's one of the reasons I would at this time in my life say, no, I'm not, I don't want to ask for like a prescription. I don't know. Maybe to just make the anxiety go away. And I wouldn't care. We'll see. That's why I do this podcast, because I'm um, sorting this stuff out. So thank you for listening to it. I'm not sure if there's anything else. Did I talk about something in the world at large? There's a big thing happening in Afghanistan. You probably know what that is. And it's interesting that the the blame politics, we're all so tired of that. That's what the mindful revolution is starting people in my family are starting to wake up to it not everybody but they can you start to by seeing when you've acted out of something that you don't like like okay i've i've quieted down enough so i know where i'm fucking up i know i'm doing something that i don't find to be pure and aligned with um, my values of self-integrity and and not controlled by an anger, uh, malevolence, resentment, manipulation, contrivance. You learn not to operate that way yourself. You start to recognize it when those things are are on the voices and faces of of like people in the news. So you you look you turn it on, and my my sister's and brother yeah a lot of people who normally wouldn't chime in this way kind of recognize that you can you can kind of see the the controlled vitriol and uh excitement in that reporter's or that anchor's voice and speaking that you're like yeah that's not coming from an and like i absolutely reckon it's not like you question it's like i i wonder if i trust that guy it's like you clearly recognize that that is not an energy that you wouldn't endorse in yourself that you would not feel good about and you definitely don't want to get yourself invested in it for somebody else's benefit so the mindful revolution has been freeing more and more people from the grips of that Um, however the people that it is not freeing the ones that are still clinging to this left and right uh, hostility and resentment towards each other they're deeper in the grips of it because this this the algorithms of of how social media works and the data how how you you watch and receive information i mean if you haven't recognized it and you're still in that i mean it it gets pretty it gets pretty serious and there's probably be called a disorder if you analyzed it in some way constant constant message enforcement disorder can we do that continuous messaging reinforcement disorder that's what people they have and i'm not a doctor but i have played one on television on a reenactment show that i got 100 dollars for i believe for the day and free lunch i'm taking two i'm taking two uh diet cokes yeah, Snickers on the way out too. So that's what's going on in the world. 
there are problems and more and more people need to help with those problems rather than blame about them. So anyway, the good news about this episode is that I made it, you know, just trying to focus on what I'm doing, which is difficult sometimes when you have some stressors, external things that you're dealing with. So that's the good news. Take up some space of your own. Do something for you, whether it's your laundry, a journal, something like that. Experiment with what you are dealing with and hope that goes well for you. Thanks. God bless. Namaste. And goes running for the shelter of a mother's little helper and to help her unaway get her through her busy day. You cannot blame her. Doctor, please, some more of these. That's right, no. You're so tired. And they're so hard to satisfy. You can tranquilize your man. So go running for the shelter of a mother's little helper. And for a few through the night, it's a dilemma. Minimize your flight. Woo!